Voice Live from CES is an official event within the greater CES program, where the world's top brand leaders will share insights about how they are engaging customers through voice-enabled devices in our homes, cars, hotels, and more. To learn more about how you can be a sponsor, speaker, or attend Voice Live from CES, visit voicesummit.ai slash CES. That's voicesummit.ai slash CES. Right now, voice technology is huge in the healthcare and older adult space. But have you ever thought about how voice technology could be better for those hard of hearing? Today on the show is hearing therapist, audiologist Anna Pugh discussing hard of hearing stats, why clarity and options is necessary for voice technology to be successful, and the growth of wearables. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co-host, Kerry Roberts. Today, my guest is Anna Pugh. She is a hearing therapist audiologist, a council member of the British Society of Hearing Aid Audiologists, and an author in the UK. Welcome, Anna. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. It's it's really good to be part of, of the Voice podcast and for inviting me on. So can you start by giving us some stats on the hearing healthcare community? So things like when people maybe start to lose their hearing or how many people are hard of hearing or any type of stats so we can just get a grasp on kind of where we're at now in this community. Yeah. Okay. I think it's really important to understand that it's not, I'm not necessarily talking about the deaf community. I'm talking about people who acquire Um, a hearing impairment as time goes on and we begin to lose our hearing we begin to lose the consonant sounds of speech so the clarity of speech from about 47 onwards which is probably a little earlier than most people sort of recognize and on average it takes between seven and ten years before people do something about a hearing loss that's developing which obviously leaves it quite a long time before they recognize that they're not always hearing in company, they're not always hearing well in the car, they're not always hearing well at home, it's causing problems with their relationships, with work, with all sorts of things. So it it quite often takes a while. And we're looking at one in seven people across the world, more in different populations. Obviously, there's a demographic where poorer people are likely to have worse hearing levels because of the the level of support and health care that's available to them. But in, in general, when we talk about um, most industrialized countries, we're looking at about one in seven. So it's a big population. And certainly when we're thinking about people of of my generation, the baby boomers, I mean, we're active, we're employed, we're engaged and we need to hear well. So it can be a huge issue that's not necessarily recognized, but needs to be recognized within technologies and services that we need to address. And certainly in the voice community, I think personally, that that's something that we need to think about. Now, you had mentioned to me earlier that voice-directed technologies have a particular importance to the community Mm. as they need to be accessible to people with hearing impairments, especially when it comes to clarity. Can you talk about more what that means and what it looks like? Yeah, I can. We talk about losing our hearing, but when we start to have a hearing deficit, when our hearing starts deteriorating, it tends to be in the higher frequencies. And for speech, 
That's the consonant sound, particularly sibilants and fricative sounds. And those sounds are what give us the clarity of speech so that we can hear well. Quite often I find patients say, I don't have a hearing loss because I don't need volume. It's just when I'm in company or when people mumble, I'm not hearing them clearly. And it's about clarity of speech. And when we talk about voice technology, it's important that people recognize that there may need to be a high frequency emphasis perhaps on allowing and elaborating on those frequencies that people aren't necessarily hearing naturally well. It can make things sound tinny, and that's obviously something that, that people reject, and that's because they're not used to hearing it. They lose gradually that sense of high frequency, and people don't recognize it and hear it. So it is an issue quite often. When I talk often, as I do, about technologies needing to address and to be aware of the needs of people that have clarity issues. It is around um, hearing technology, but it's also about everyday technology. So I use voice technology all the time. I spent an hour or two the other day looking for my television remote, and it would be so nice. I thought to myself, if I could just say to my television, put on radio four or put on the BBC so that I could listen to the proms. We are so used to voice control technology. And that's the same within hearing aid technology as well. Hearing aid technology have have had voice alerts for many, many years. It is something that, that's becoming more common within hearing aid technology. Can you give maybe an example when you're talking about, you know, as we get older, some people start to lose certain sounds or mm-hmm. understanding of sounds. So mm-hmm. when somebody is doing conversational design, meaning they're deciding you know, the words that they're using that the voice technology is responding to yeah. with. Can you maybe give an example of the type of sentence or words that might be of a challenge and kind of an example of something that would be maybe a better option for somebody to be using? Yeah, I think it's always a sibilant and, and fricative sounds that we lose the most. For example, when I'm first fitting hearing aids, one of my initial conversations with people is to check how well they hear fricative. So I'd say something like, sizzling sausages for supper on Saturday and to see how well they're hearing those sibilant and fricative sounds. And sometimes what happens when I'm doing auditory training with people is that I might offer alternative sentences and alternative structures so that we use different words and different diphthongs, different consonant sounds so that we can get more clarity. So quite often just repeating a word, I said sausages, I said sausages, I said sausages, doesn't help somebody because once they caught the first part of the sentence and your brain hears and understands a different word, repeating that word will just reinforce your perception of that word. So you need to stop, take a breath and think about another word similar or say it in a different way. So say the sentence slightly differently. When we talk about auditory training, we're talking to people about helping their partners and the people that they work with and the people that they love to use language in a slightly different way so that it will help them. And when we talk about using voice technology, 
We need to be very alert to the type of voices that we're talking about. When we use women's voices, obviously the fundamental frequency of women's voices are always harder to hear because we're losing the beginnings and ends of words. So we need a lower pitch voice always. And we need to think about the words that they're using to alert people to whatever the direction is. It quite often happens for basic things like sat-navs where people will change the voice to another lower-toned female voice or quite often a male voice because they're easier to hear over the car noise. And it's subtle things like that that you're not recognising are because you're not hearing the consonant sounds, you're not hearing clarity of speech. But those coping strategies happen very subtly. And voice is obviously part of, voice technology is definitely part of what's going on with that. That's really interesting you say that because I'm sure, as you may or may not know, that most voice technology, whether it's Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, Google Home, whatever, is using female voices. Yeah. And a lot of people will say, you know, that that kind of started because maybe it's more calming or people like the sound of female voices. But what you're saying is actually that people who start to kind of lose their hearing, it's actually more challenging to hear Mm -hmm. a female voice than a lower voice. Yes, and I think that's very true. So the way that it works is that that kind of voice level is great for people under 40, under 50, under 60. But obviously when the wider population are using these technologies, it would be very useful if there are options for either to drop the pitch perhaps a little bit or to think about as in an option so you could have a different voice. You know, it's interesting as well because so much of voice technology now is really on either end. You have kids using it and the Mm -hmm. older adult using it more than anyone else, and especially in the healthcare space. Do you have friends or clients in that kind of older adult area that are using it? And what has been their feedback, especially with some of the things that you're bringing up? Yeah, I've got obviously lots and lots of patients who are older adults. And they are using um, voice technology. They're using voice technology in their hearing aids. So we would quite often change their voice direction in their hearing aids to a voice that is more suitable and audible for them. But they also talk about their phones and their connectivity to their phones and where we can have streaming from the phones and things like that. We're often adjusting the frequency range where we can on the phones and on the technology. When people are saying about using sat-navs and things, that's something, again, that I said earlier about that example, that people are using different voices so that they can still access the technology in a slightly different format, perhaps, or a different way. Yeah. So having those options seems to be pretty Mm. important. Yeah, definitely. Now, hearing aids are developing into communication enhancers with things like Bluetooth connectivity, blood pressure monitors, translations options, which I actually didn't know much about. Can you Mm. speak to that a little bit more? Because I think people think of hearing aids as it's just enhancing the sound, but there's a lot more things going on here. Yeah, I have to confess to getting very sort of nerdy about hearing aids. The technology has advanced dramatically. If you think about noise cancelling technology, hearing aids allow you to have a conversation as normal as possible, a conversation in a busy street with traffic. So your mobile phone technology that allows you to do something similar 
would be a similar comparison. When you think about how most hearing aid technology is rechargeable now, we have most hearing aids have Bluetooth connectivity. We can stream from a range of devices. There are, as you said, instant translator apps on phones that map with hearing aids. There's a manufacturer who's just produced something where the hearing aids can have a fall detector. So if you are prone to falling, rather than worrying about having an alert around your neck or a bell on the wall, the hearing aid will detect that you've fallen and will automatically alert your relative or a caregiver of some sort and they will come to your aid. It also will, there are also hearing aids that can measure your blood pressure. There's talk of hearing aids that be able to help for diabetes, which is something that I'm very keen on pushing because obviously diabetes has a link to hearing loss that is quite often unrecognized and undiagnosed. So I'm very keen on putting those two pieces of technology together. And hearing aids in general are smaller, neater and more wearable than they used to. I'm certainly always going on to social media and talking about hearing aid technology when people are saying about connectivity, when people are talking about devices that could be worn. If we remember Google Glass, where the idea was that you could have an on-screen, on-glass image of some information that you've asked Google about, so some directions or something like that, it would make perfect sense for that to be in your ear. We are now used to voice. So something that's in your ear that can tell you, yes, the weather's going to be like this. Yes, there's a bus coming. Yes, be aware there's a lorry just around the corner. Don't cross the road without looking. Those kind of things, the applications are endless. Rather than have our phone strapped to our ear, you can have a hearing aid, you can have your phone in your pocket, and you can answer the telephone from your hearing aid. They're incredible devices. I am getting very excited listening to this. And if you are a listener and haven't thought about this before, I think, you know, people think of voice so much as this little dot or something. And it's in our cars and it's in our phone and it's going to be everywhere. And now I have never even thought about it being within a hearing aid device. And so it just shows that voice can grow so much and do so many things. When you think about all the work that you do, and I know you've mentioned a few things here, or just hearing from some of your patients or people in the community, do you have like some ideas or some ways that you think voice technology would be helpful now or in the future specifically for the type of population you're talking about? Yeah, I think it, it needs to become more wearable. So I think if we if we take away the idea of it being a hearing aid, but just a, an ear-worn piece of technology, I think it has endless applications. People can communicate, people can work, people can navigate their environments. Hearing aids or ear-worn devices will be able to let you know about your environment, about your soundscapes, all sorts of things. Monitor your health, alert carers, should you be poorly. I think that it's a natural progression from something that we hold in our hand that we have to carry to something that we just pop in our ears. 
Um, and I think that voice is the driving medium for that. I think that with voice becoming so ubiquitous, it allows us to think about using voice and our hearing much, much more, which will make hearing not as stigmatized as it so often is. And I think passionately that will change. I've been doing this for 35 years and I, I don't think I've been as excited about the opportunities for technology and for technology to be in a more wide mainstream use rather than this little cul-de-sac of, of these poor little old people with hearing aids. That's not going to be the world. That is beautifully said. You're making me very excited about all of the stuff <laughs> you're talking about. Where can people learn more about you or connect with you if they have questions about this? They can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm all over the place on social media. I have a, a website for my own practice, which is about auditory training and working with people with tinnitus. But LinkedIn is probably the best and easiest medium to find me on. And is there a certain voice skill or flash briefing that you are currently really enjoying right now? I listened this morning to a podcast around a technology that's looking at soundscapes and looking at noise and sound in general and technology to enhance that so we become more aware of our environment. And that was really quite exciting. I'm part of a group looking at women in tech. I'm very keen on, obviously, pushing women in tech and getting more aware of user groups and getting real people using this technology in a functional and utilitarian manner. I think it's important that, that we don't just talk to ourselves. We talk to the people who are going to use these products eventually. And I think if we can do that, that would be great. So I'm very well linked in with lots of those kind of people. And I'm very happy to talk endlessly about this stuff to anybody who wants to. Thank you so much, Anna, for bringing a new perspective um, definitely to our show. And I think the community that may not, has, may not have heard of this before. And I think you know what you're doing is really valuable. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at modev.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.